to a new month popping. Oh, great. Well, welcome to a new month, pop culture and film fans. This is Quality Check Podcast, and I'm one of your hosts, Daniel Posey. Joining me across the internet, as always, is Drew Douglas. This is full of mishaps because I realized I wasn't recording on my end, me saying, keep it, keep it, let's go. So that's why we have this (laughs) wacky introduction. I like it, though. I like that it's just, I don't even care anymore. October is what, two days away? Mm. Halloween's just yeah. around the corner. I, I'm happy with what, however this turns out. This is Halloween. This is Halloween. That's been stuck in my head like for a few days ever since there's someone at work who mentioned that their kids listen to that on the way to school every single day. And I'm like, that's not bad. There could be worse things. Got a question. We, I, I saw that as a child way mm-hmm. back. I think that came out in like 93. And I remember seeing that my wife had never seen it before, was like really <laughs> anti-watching it because she didn't like oh. the mixture of, it was always an argument of, is this a Halloween movie or a Christmas movie? Which oh, was a whole, yeah. it's, that's like an, an argument on its own. But we, we watched that together for the first time, or it was her first time last year. And she really like did not like it. Oh. I haven't seen it. I hadn't seen it in 15 to 20 years and it was okay like the music's okay but i didn't love it i remember really loving that as a kid and it didn't do much for me i've never like been super attached to it i like it but i've never been like super attached is it is it halloween or christmas i say i it mm, because of the title i think it's a christmas yeah i i because of that i say it's a christmas movie but i mean it is a nightmare before christmas but yeah. Yeah, because they're going into the Christmas world. I think it's a very interesting idea and concept. I wish we got more like that. Actually, well, that is a good segue because we are getting something similar to that on my picks list. Uh, and that is, uh, I- I'm pretty pumped. I don't, I, I don't know where this will fall on your radar if it's even registered. So that is a good tease leading into our first big thing that we're going to cover, which is October pickums. Drew, I know you said that we're just... Uh, right, it's right around the corner this new month of October. So, uh, if you don't know what this is about, this is where we talk about three things coming out in the month of October. Could be anything: books, movies, TV shows. We're excited to share that love with you. Let's get started. I'm excited to see what's on your list because there's a ton of crap coming out this month. There's a lot of stuff. I feel like mine is pretty predictable. <laughs> you know, I feel like you're, you're going to know at least, well, you're going to know one of them, I think. Do you want me to go first? Yeah, I, I, I'm really curious. I, I know for sure one of yours, maybe two. Maybe two. We, I do at some point want to do one of these where I, you give me like 10 op, options and I have to guess what I think the three are and we reveal. Because obviously we turn everything into a game because we're <laughs> kids for some reason. But it's always better that way. So I guess it's probably no surprise all three of mine lean into spooky territory, considering it is October. Loves. I would say mine did until a big reveal that happened about two months ago. I mean, there's a lot of stuff. There was a, I can't even remember what it was for, but there's a trailer for something that comes out like October 19th, I think on Hulu or something. Like it just, the trailer just now came out. So there's obviously a, a ton of stuff that we probably don't know about. Right. There's a ton of stuff in general, but my numero three, I think I pick this every time it comes out, which is maybe asinine for me to do this, but it's volume three of Unsolved Mysteries. Oh, yeah. Now, this is a mystery documentary series that Netflix rebooted a few years ago. Um, They're doing something a little different with this one where they're dropping new episodes over the course of three weeks, and it starts on October 18th with three episodes. There's nine total. Judging, they release like the episode titles, and judging from uh, two or three of them, it looks like they're going to have some paranormal episodes, which I dig. Those are always kind of fun. Volume two was okay. There were some good ones. I feel like more, more of them were maybe just mediocre, um, but I'm still psyched. I like... I, there's something usually pretty creepy about a lot of these stories. So it's um, something I'll be looking forward to for those three weeks. You know, I still haven't started that, sadly, on Netflix. It's fun. I mean, if you like that kind of thing, I think it's good. I do. Uh, anytime you've talked about it, I'm like, I, I need to start, I'll start. And then I never do. 
sadly. I think maybe just the fact that these are real things um, makes it a little creepier. But I feel like a lot of the times we're watching it being like, it's this is, I feel like the answer is very obvious what happened. They just can't prove it. At least these, you know, it, it might seem predictable, but those are still fun to watch. Like the way that those are cut together. And I've seen clips, but it looks like it's, and the, the older, because this is like new generation, you know, the older stuff, I love watching that with my family, which is weird to watch with your family, but still. No, I don't <laughs> think so at all. We used to watch that all the time, and it would scare the hell out of me. The music. <laughs> yeah, me too. And the, the host always scared me. Oh, man, um, I love that guy. And they can't obviously replicate what he did, so they don't even try. It's, there is no host. It's just right into the story. Speaking of fan bases, mine is my number three pick involves a fan base that I just can't get enough of. And it involves two people, two comedians who I freaking love. I love their work and have for a while. Let me ask you this. Have you heard of the title Wendell and Wild? No. <laughs> so this is a complete out of nowhere title. Yeah, this is this is like the the whatever that music pick you had like I don't know, <laughs> eight months ago. So this is Wendell and Wild is a team up with Keegan Michael Key and Jordan Peele, and Jordan Peele has written this story ar- along with Henry uh, Selnick uh, or Sel- Selick rather. Uh, and speaking of, you know, we speaking of, yeah, yeah, we with having all of the uh, his past titles. Uh, and his work on The Nightmare Before Christmas, uh, James and the Giant Peach, so on and so forth. So he actually co-wrote this script with Peel, and apparently this story is really good. Uh, this, I'll tell you uh, with the story, because I didn't know much about this. I had heard, like maybe a year or two years ago, that uh, Key and Peel, they were working together on some project like this, but it's coming out on, on Netflix. So once again, Wendell and Wilde coming out on October 28th, a few days before Halloween, on Netflix, and the plot, according to IMDb, is two scheming demon brother, brothers, Wendell and Wilde, must face their arch nemesis, the demon dusting nun, Sister Helly, and her two acolytes, the goth teens, Kat and uh, Raul. So, this is... Now, now, you need to specify, too, this is stop motion. Stop motion, yes. Um, this looks... Uh, this looks so, so incredibly cool and different and unique. And this furthers this idea of even though this is a comedic story, it's got these horror elements. And so we got Peel and his sandbox of horror, but then we get a reteaming, a reteaming of Key and Peel. And this is what I'm clamoring to see. But then you also have all these other elements as well that are a part of this. Uh, where it's not only the voice actors and actresses, um, but it's also the people behind the scenes writing the stories with the creation of this, what it looks like. This looks like a lot of fun. It's This looks like a family film, uh, and it looks like using what you were talking about with The Nightmare Before Christmas instead of it being, like, is it Christmas, Halloween? This is going to be a Halloween-type story. I can't wait for it. It's this is going to be so much fun. I feel like this is going to be fun. And it kind of has come out of nowhere, I feel. And I haven't heard a lot of people talking about it. But just the fact that we get a reteam up of Key and Peel, I'm on board. And there's so much I think that this could end up uh, doing great. And there's like decent buzz as well. The early buzz that's come out has not been too bad so far. I feel like it's been really good. The title, the name didn't, I, I didn't recognize the name. But when I looked it up and saw the stop motion, I, I remember hearing about this because this screened at the Toronto International Film Festival last month. I guess earlier mm-hmm. this month because it's September. And I feel like I heard it was like super good. Yeah. And that that gets me super hopeful. And I just, man, if we get more of this like with P, uh, Key and Peel or Peel or, or Key and they're working on stories like this, um, and even if it's a one-off, I don't care. Uh, I'm just happy we're getting this. Two Netflix picks right off the bat. We dog on Netflix nonstop. We mock them by playing the ta sound effect anytime the name is brought up. Yet they continually <laughs> yeah. show up 
in our stupid podcast. <laughs> and it's going to continue because my number two is also a Netflix joint. It's a new mystery thriller series called The Midnight Club. Hey, yeah, me too. Your number two? Yep. From Mr. Mike Flanagan and Leah Loves. Fong. Now, this is adapted from a 1994 novel that follows a group of hospice patients who meet up each midnight to tell scary stories in a spooky library. I've never read the book. I have no connection to this. Um, but I saw a trailer recently. One, it's Mike Flanagan. So it's got my attention. He is probably most known for The Haunting of Hill House, which I haven't seen in Midnight Mass, which is good. And then he oh also my goodness. directed Gerald's Game and Doctor Sleep, which are two Stephen King adaptations. So it's got his name on it, got my attention. And then in the new trailer there, I, I assume it's set in the 90s because it's yeah. playing a, a, a Toadies song. Uh, it's such, yeah, it's such an interesting premise. Now, have you seen, I still have not watched... The haunting, the haunting of Hill House. But I've heard from numerous people that it's worth a watch, and that it's scary. But I feel like someone told me that it like brought them to tears. Didn't? Don't we know someone that was like emotionally just yeah. rattled by the whole thing? And I actually several. I don't I really. I don't know what it's about, but I feel like this is the. I'm finally gonna like, you know, add this to the queue and watch it. Yeah, you know, and that's the thing. I I was talking to someone about Midnight Mass, and I think I'm going to rewatch that. It's amazing. It's, I just, I don't know if I've seen a miniseries as good as that. Another one that would be up there would be Chernobyl on HBO. Like, that was such a well-done miniseries. Midnight Mass, what? Honestly, one of my favorites, hands down, of all time. It's that, I just love it. And because of that, that was the last thing Flanagan did and what we got of his on Netflix. I can't wait for this either because it's like he is firing constantly. So like not only his direction, but like the writing and the pacing and the atmosphere and just he gets it all right. And then you work in these elements of like you mentioned the Toadie song. I mean, the fact that you bring that all together, it's like this is screaming our name uh, in terms of to to watch something like this. And the concept itself is like s- terrifying to think of a bunch of teenagers who are dying. And there's a behind the scenes that Flanagan's talking about this. And he's like, you know, that's the true horror. But yet they get together and they find solace and other horror stories. And it's like, you know, it, it plays into why do people watch horror and, and love horror and stuff like that. So just there's so much I think with this that I can't wait. Uh, and I was a little worried during the teaser trailer. Cause I'm like, all right, I can't tell if the actors, actresses, if they're, cause they're teens, are they going to be good or bad? I didn't think the teaser was good. It's the, yeah. the trailer won me over. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. And, and we grew, or at least I grew up watching, are you afraid of the dark? Like that was mm-hmm. a huge thing for me. Uh, really helped spawn my love of horror or, you know, mm-hmm. fueled it even further. And then I feel like this is maybe a more adult version of that. Uh, so I never read it, but Christopher Pike is the author. And a lot of his stuff, which I know, um, is very reminiscent of like that, like the Goosebumps style storytelling. Um, but it deals with some adult themes as well. And you can see this in the trailer. And I never read it, but I've always been like, you know, six degrees of Chris Pike type situation where, you know, there have been stories he's done and I've always found his work to be inspiring and also interesting. And I think this continue, I think Mike Flanagan is once again nailing it in terms of everything I know about this source material, which I haven't read the book or um, anything that's kind of attached to this, but it's just, I mean, Flanagan's like, I would argue he's probably the one of the best horror filmmakers working right now next to Peel. Well, I don't even know Peel. Peel would be like thriller, but Flanagan, I would argue, it's like he might be the best horror filmmaker right now. Yeah. It's a bummer he's no longer doing that adaptation of Revival, Stephen King's Revival. Because yeah. that's, I, I still, I, I've said this before, that is one of my favorite Stephen Kings in the last decade. 
it's like top tier for me and it would be so cool to adapt that and i i know he would do a good job with that he would do a good job yeah i think with a lot of king's content so i'm sure he'll do something soon but there's no way he's only doing two so i wonder if our number one's going to be the same i know it won't be <laughs> it, you're well what do you think my number one is? Oh, it's got to be halloween yeah halloween ends i mean it's pretty it would be a shame if it wasn't right it's an easy pick for me in theaters streaming on peacock october 14th i'm going in pretty blind on this one I've, i saw the original teaser which didn't show much i close my eyes i plug my ears anytime something new happens you know something new is released we're two weeks away i think i'm gonna you know make it without seeing anything that's too spoilery I, I haven't watched it, and I refuse to. Uh, I have high hopes for this one. Yeah, I, I do, too. I'm really... Ex- I, I didn't include this as my number one because I I felt strongly that you would and that we would end up talking about it, but I'm equally... And the closer it gets, the more excited I get as well. Yeah, and it doesn't help that Halloween is, I don't know, 35 days away or something. So yeah. it all it all goes together. And I just want to know, like, I don't want to know now, but like, are they, do you think they'll kill off Lori? Will they kill off Michael? Will Lori become the new Michael? Like, I, there are so many questions. I'm curious how they, like, the direction they go. Yeah, we'll have to make some bets, in, you know, coming up on what we think. Cause I, if they're hyping this up, you know, as the conclusion of this arc between Lori and Michael. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any way you can do it where Michael doesn't die. I think the question is, does Lori die too? And is yeah. that satisfying that she goes all this time? And is, but is that the thing that mm-hmm. finally is? I'm I think this has been brought up, but is the only way to get rid of Michael is to get rid of Lori too? Like, does she have to basically sacrifice herself? Who knows? Right. But we know, no matter what, this isn't the end. They'll reboot it at some point in some way. So that's why I can get excited for this and know that we'll still have more of these to come. And I'm okay with that. I love that. And I, I want to, I'm really curious too, will Blumhouse be attached? I assume they will be. Um, oh, and then what do you do? Do you do a Michael Myers where it's Laurie centric again? Mm. I don't think you can. I think when you reboot this, you have to find a way to, I don't know how you do it. Like, I feel like they've done enough to justify this new trilogy. I would I would love, 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 love to see them bring in John Carpenter. If he doesn't want to direct, fine. But allow him to tell his original Halloween-type story. And we've talked about that multiple times. But where he go, like, he has different stories that take place on Halloween. And you make Michael Myers, because of what happened... He becomes such a staple that he pops up every now and again. Like, say, there's a copycat killer or something like that. And it's like the Midnight Club. And they end up um, using Michael as kind of like a mascot, if you will. But then, so he never goes away. But we just get, like, these other stories about Halloween. And then that would be prime for... You know, I think you do an anthology series. I don't know if Michael needs to be involved. I think you do the original idea of, you know, season of the witch. They're watching Halloween on TV. And I think audiences, they weren't ready for it at the time, but now they would understand, oh, this is, it's become its own anthology series and Michael's nowhere to be found. Um, Maybe you do it that way, but I don't know if that's necessarily satisfying. Yeah. And that's, that's another thing. It's, it really depends on, also the ending like how are how they how will they wrap it up but we're both we're both really excited i'm i'm super stoked for this all right so my number one is nothing scary Ooh, which is a surprise i know i don't know i feel like i should be insulted by that I, you know I, and that's where i was thinking about changing it and bumping it down but i just i'm so incredibly stoked for this release and it's coming out on october 15th it is the second album from the Red Hot Chili Peppers, Return of the Dream Canteen. Have you listened to Eddie? I did, yeah. They've, they've, they've dropped two songs so far, and I've been into both oh, of okay. them. Okay, so you like, like, are you medium lukewarm on liking them, or are they pretty high? How do you feel? Like, Black Summer was one that I was real like, that was great. I love that so much as one of their singles. 
I don't think either of these two have necessarily hit that point, but I think I like them more than I thought I would because I know these are basically, what, extensions from that album? Like things that they cut? And I know this album is like an hour and a half long. Isn't it a double Can't album? Wait. It, yeah, it will be. Oh, it's such a turnoff <laughs> to me. It's too much music. I hate that. I hate that so much. So when I hit play on a lot of these songs, or at least the last two that they've released, I've expected the worst because I'm like, this is just stuff that wasn't good enough to make that album, the one that came out a couple months ago. I, I, the, the scary part about this pick is how much I love this. And this, I feel like, could end up being... My, and I, I hyped this up with Unlimited Love, their last album, where I'm like, this could be, this could be it. It was a good album, though. It was. I uh, still yeah. go back and listen to that. And I'm like, more, the, most of the tracks I'm really into. Yeah. And th- there's like some songs that I was lukewarm on before. Now I really dig. Yeah. I feel like you were, I was really favorable on it initially, and you were a little lukewarm. Yeah. Uh, 100%. More, you know, more, more so than I expected that. Um, but I feel like you've you've grown to like it a lot more. For sure. And like today I was listening to it. it I listened to the two singles off of the Return of the Dream Canteen, which is um, Eddie. That was their uh, most recent uh, single that they dropped. Uh, and then we also have um, the uh, headlining song, Tip of My Tongue. Which, judging judging from the title, I was like, this is going to be trash. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's and it started off. I'm like, this isn't nec- this isn't the kind of Chili Peppers I like. You know, I'm not into some of their sound, but it I I do I do like that. It's one different like. enough, and that's the other thing. But I just yeah, I, I'm really 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 digging it. Cannot wait uh, to blast this because I keep like for this, for example, I've listened to the two uh, uh, singles, and then I go back to Unlimited Love. So it's very much so a you know two albums back to back but if if this is an indication of how the album will sound i will like this album more and this is just uh, man i just i'm so stoked this is this could end up being my favorite album of the year so far just hearing these two singles uh, to me feels like it will be so in limited love i thought this was mm-hmm. a double album it's not uh that was 73 minutes long which i usually hate but i i like that one mostly this is 17 tracks, 75 minutes. That gives me anxiety. <laughs> that makes me not want to hit play. But <laughs> I'm going to do it. And you know what? It was like with Unlimited Love. I'm just I'm yeah. happy that these guys are making music. And they're making music that I'm into when some of the recent stuff I just was not huge on. Yeah. You know? It, it, was, it was all right. But... Going back and listen even to like the getaway, I'm like, oh, there are quite a few tracks yeah. on here that I did. And that's I, that's a thing. I end up finding myself being more of an apologetic uh, Chili Peppers fan for some of those albums that are not as well received where I'm like, you know what? I appreciate there are certain songs on this, on whatever, any album that they've got, there's something good on that album. And so that's... Uh, yeah, I'm just I'm so incredibly stoked. This is just the closer we get now. This is like I keep listening to those singles. I'm like, all right, I, I'm by listening to this one more time. I'm amping myself that much more up about it. But I can't help it. I'm I'm so ready for October 15th to get here. And we're halfway to Halloween. So anything else that almost made it like Hellraiser almost made it. Me too. Yeah. Um, like Tegan and Sarah have a new album that I'm interested in, but I can't, it's hard to do music. I can't yeah. ever do that. Um, what else is coming out? Mr. Harrigan's phone. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't for the life of me pick three Netflix things. <laughs> I mean, you would have had to thrown me in jail if I did that. Well, you could have picked, uh, the Hulu movie Grim Cuddy. Grim Cuddy is up on that list. Black Adam. Um, <laughs> Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Black Adam's coming out. Looks like trash still. <laughs> I have no faith in that. Honestly, no at this faith point, in that whatsoever. I'd rather see Lyle Lyle Crocodile over Black Adam. We got Amsterdam, which looks fun, but the review is getting torched. 
you and I guessed 89 and 88 percent respectively. It's on Rotten Tomatoes at 40 percent. Granted, not a ton Ooh. of reviews, but a big swinging miss <laughs> by our friend David O. Russell, apparently. Oh boy. I mean, I don't know why. I haven't read why, and I don't want to read why until I see it. But um, yeah, and then of course, Lyle Lyle Crocodile. <laughs> we and there is one, the new. Uh, I can't remember what it's called. The new George Clooney Julia Roberts movie. I do want to yeah. see that. I like those two. I want to see a good fun rom com with my wife, so we can laugh. And I love it's like a beachy setting. I'm all oh, in on yeah. that. I'm all in on that. Uh, Ticket to Paradise. Yeah, Ticket to Paradise, which is I think the twenty. I think that's the same weekend as Black Adam and. Honest to God, I'd rather see that than Black Adam. <laughs> and I will, I will buy a thousand tickets if it means it can beat it in the box office. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, October is stacked, and I know there's more. I literally just saw a trailer. I remember what it was. It was the, it was for Apple TV, and it's called like Raymond and Ray or something. It's the new oh, Ethan yeah. Hawke movie with Ewan McGregor. Looks great. It looks like it could be uh, a lot like emotional and funny and all that, but I couldn't pick it because it was not scary. Yeah, and that's I, I was so I was tempted not to get or, or pick the Chili Peppers album, but I'm like I got to. My excitement is just it's too high not to pick up. I guess before we go, this is something I was super hyped for, and maybe you got. M- you know, gradually more excited for it too. And it was the release a couple days ago on Netflix of Rob Zombie's The Munsters. His adaptation of the 60s sitcom that he loves with all of his heart, apparently. And, you know, a couple months ago, a month ago, we saw this trailer and it really blew our minds because it, it looked like the cheapest, worst thing that you could ever imagine. The cheapest $40 million ever. The budget out of this world. I'm going to say watching this movie, I understand where the budget went to, and I'll I'll explain this a little bit more. I can't believe I'm going to say this. (laughs) Oh, Oh and I know, I don't know if you liked it or not. I, and I, I, I'm sure you probably didn't. I don't know if this was a struggle for you to finish. This movie is like two hours long, which is obscene. I don't know why it's two hours. That's one huge gripe I had. I kind of liked it. There's things about this movie that I was I was like, one, after watching the movie, I do believe Zombie loves the Munsters. I believe he wanted to make a strong adaptation to honor that OG series that he loves so much. I really believe that. Um, I was kind of blown away by not necessarily how the movie looked, but the production value that went into it. The sets, the lighting... I thought some of the performances were decent to good. Jeff Daniel Phillips, who plays Herman, he cracked me up numerous times in this. I feel like I watching it, I understood a little bit more about what Zombie was going for. Um, and I'll say I liked it. It's like a two and a half out of five. It's like low end like. I could maybe give it a light three. Oh, wow. As much as I love the lighting and um, you know the way different scenes looked, I, I think this might have been better in black and white. Oh, yeah. Just do it in black and white. I think it would have looked more connected to the original show. Um, I don't know. I was kind of pleasantly surprised. I think maybe my biggest gripe besides the length and stylistically, some of the choices, I just it's just not for me. But this is a glorified pilot for a television show. It, it literally just ends. And I'm like, oh, they... This is just a massive setup for, I don't know what. I don't know if this is setting up a franchise, if this is setting up a show. I I ended up just like not understanding what the point was of this, other than we're just telling an origin story of how they came together. But if we're not going to continue it, which there's no way in hell they will, (laughs) what is the point of this movie? I don't know. Netflix might like it and bring it on board. Because so many people are talking about this, you know. I would be interested in the streams. Yeah, I am too. And whether this has longevity, uh, I should look and just see if it's in the top ten. Ooh. Because the initial numbers are going to be curiosity. People like you and me that were like, that looks mm-hmm. awful. I have to see it. I know one friend texted me and said he made it five minutes into it before he yeah. stopped. And I was like, well, maybe give it a chance. 
Um, Because I think by the end of it, you'll get a little bit of what he's going for. I I think it's pretty obvious. But uh, yeah, I kind of have some respect for this. And with his movies being so, a lot of them being so bad, I think in other ways, this is this automatically almost shoots up to the top of his like <laughs> filmography. <laughs> like I think Halloween two is brilliant. Not that's a loose term, but <laughs> I have a lot of respect for Halloween two that it goes for it. And uh, so that's like the top of my zombie list. But this is up there. It might be top three. Now it's not saying much because I don't like eighty percent of right. what he's done. But um, I can't believe I'm even almost offending this movie. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like there's a weird part of me that's like, I I could use another one of these movies. I want to see them have kids, <laughs> like, and develop. You know, have I don't know. Maybe they had one child, but um, develop the family, like, expand it how it was in the in the series. That's where honestly, I I felt like, man, if only we got that with, you know, being able to get the the Eddie Munster and 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 have that dynamic i don't know because there's an there's an aspect with that where you know we've got these like you said this origin story and i wish we had something that it's more expansive and it's just like a weird little family yeah i feel like they're they're missing out on i think a lot of funny content by having it already established yeah and i do have to wonder what is who is this movie made for like Mm -hmm. is it really that interesting how herman and lily got together because ultimately yeah. it's not. I think it would have been a wiser choice to just do a Munsters movie. Have everyone, everyone's all, all, all together. And they're just, yeah. it's just an expanded episode of the show. Right. And that, and that's what I would have been okay with, to be honest. Is it as bad as you expected? Not as bad. I will say it was, I went in thinking that this was just going to be so, so awful. It was bad. But... <laughs> It was bad, but I'm not. I I can't deny that. What do you think? The what's the worst part? Like when you say it's bad, what is what comes to mind immediately? And it's not necessarily a part. I think there are parts to it where it just some things just seem just kind of just bland. I'm not even gonna say bland. It's just there are aspects where Zombie uses his techniques that I don't. I think you could use aspects of them, but like the whole like zoom, zoom out while swirling the camera mm-hmm. stuff like that. It's like, all right, some of that can work, but like that, that's one aspect that I'm not a fan of. It, it's um, a product of, I guarantee what he watched growing up and he's just like lifting that because mm-hmm. that's what he remembers and that's what he loves from childhood i didn't necessarily like that's a stylistic thing i wasn't into i was like i just don't like that it's not it's not the kind of content i grew up with they didn't make movies that way and i don't think of watching the monsters having them do that necessarily either and that i mean that's not gonna i can't say that's my least favorite part but it's just like i think it's just more of a slog that if they kept it tighter and they shortened it to like an hour, 15, 20, something like that, where it's like, it's short. And it's too long. And it's, oh, I know it does. That's my, I think my biggest thing, it's, it's overblown because you have these various subplots that just don't, I don't really care about the whole mortgage stuff and all that. Like, it's like, all right, you know, this whole adulting for the monsters. I mean, it's. I guess it's okay, but I just wasn't as big into some of that. And I think you just cut a lot of that and you make it where it's kind of like the Adams family. And it's like, how do they live in this world? You know, I think that's more interesting. I think it's a misstep to do an origin story because I can't imagine anyone on earth cares. It's not like this weird relationship where Herman and Lily are like, frenemies at first and then they fall in love they like instantly want to bang (laughs) you know what i mean they like instantly are in love so there's no conflict they're just together which is fine but it's uninteresting i think i was just surprised by being into it and then having respect for like wow these sets are kind of cool like it, it really looks like they took time to pay homage to the the og show and like put time and effort into it and i think that's what i 
ultimately walked away having respect for it. Sherry Moon Zombie, do you think she's she gets ripped hard on the internet? One, because she's in every one of Rob Zombie's things. Sure. And two, her acting is mediocre at best. I think I don't I don't hate her. I'm never drawn to her necessarily. I she's probably the weak link in this of the trio at least. Yeah, I would say so. Um, I wouldn't say that like hated, but yeah, like I, the way you described it as being like the weak link, I I would I would see that, but I'm not. Once again, like there's I'm not gonna be jumping on the bandwagon of like saying this is flaming dog crap, but I do think that it is. It's definitely not good. It's not. <laughs> would, would I want to see more, like you said? Because that's an interesting way of looking at it. Would I want to see more monsters? Yeah, because I grew up a fan more of the monsters than the Adams family. I like. There's something about the monsters. Yeah, we were too, yeah. And so would I want more? Yeah, because that's the reason. That's what has always like drawn me to these characters. And I think... Like, you end up having, especially if you've got good actors in these roles, you can overlook quite a bit, you know? Uh, and I think that's what, with having Fred Gwynn as the original Herman, that's what I loved. But as you mentioned as well, the Herman that we get here, uh, Jeff Daniel Phillips is, I mean, he's not bad, yeah. Now, we say the movie's budget was $40 million. Zombie says that's not true, so who knows how much this movie cost? <laughs> I believe they sunk money into it just by how it looks. Yeah. Who knows? I I don't know. I, I could use more. I think there's missteps. I yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just think about some of the stuff in this movie and that I don't know what was going on. <laughs> well, that's sadly a question I asked myself a lot as well. Like, what were they thinking for this? I mean, also I I prefer what Zombie did here than what Brian, um, Brian, uh, what's the dude's name that did? <laughs> what am I? He did uh, freaking Hannibal. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, wow, now I'm blanking on his name as well. Um, Brian Fuller. Yeah. So he, remember, he did like the pilot Mockingbird Lane because NBC like wanted him to do a serious take on that. And, I would rather have this. I think if you're going to do the monsters, yeah, let's have fun with it. Like, I, we don't need to turn this into some yeah, dark thing. Absolutely, I completely agree. So it's like the right take, but the wrong way of doing it. Yeah, you know, I don't. I don't know if Zombie had grander ambitions of, you know, I'm starting the monster, the MCU, the Monster Cinematic Universe. <laughs> <laughs> like maybe that's what he wanted to do. Um, but sometimes, you know, when you're playing too far ahead, you're not getting the best quality content right. to kickstart it. So I, I wouldn't have done it this way, but you know, it's weird too. I always think of monsters as a TV show. And then I think of Adam's family as movies. I didn't watch the Adam's family show. I think of those as the Tim Burton films. That's right. how I associate those. So maybe that's why I have fonder memories of the monsters. Cause I just remember watching these with my mom. Yeah. Watching the, the the series on, you know, whatever, like antenna TV or something. For me, I've I've felt the same way for this. Like what like maybe I'm I'm more forgiving because of that. Like I know where Rob Zombie's coming from. And I feel the like I always love the monsters. So uh, you know, I do think there's a little bit of that bias playing into why I'm a little more like accepting of this, but I also do, I don't want to give up on the idea of the monsters, like seeing more of this because yeah, it's, I go, I do draw back to that nostalgia of watching it with my family. And it was like a fun, you just have fun with that. I wouldn't want to see a serious monsters, but I think zombies heart was in the right place <laughs> for this in terms of making it fun. And I think that's where they should lie or stay. So what would you give it on your, uh, you give it on whatever your scale is, either out of five or what, what do you like to do? I always I always do. Ooh. I'm a five guy. Yeah, I like five too, but man, out of five. Yeesh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. 
I mean, am I am I like out of my mind for consider? I don't think so. The three is extreme. So uh, yeah, I was like three is a little extreme, but two and a half. Eh, I'm okay with that. I can uh, live with that. Yeah, I'm honestly I'm gonna go with like one and a half. I know that. Good seems, God. I know <laughs> it's and I, I like feel it though. I feel like I'm giving, but at the same time, it's like. Honestly, when we saw the trailer, I'm like, I bet you anything, this is such a huge, this is going to be like so incredibly bad. And it wasn't mm-hmm. like I was hate watching, but I was prepared to dislike it so much. And maybe that's what helped. I don't know, because I think it's, it's intentionally made a certain way. So if you can find a way to obviously he was going for something. And if you can find a few other things to latch on to, maybe that's why I, I mean, I've seen stuff that's better made than this in terms of style that I like that I know are worse films. That's a good point. Yeah. I, I, I would never recommend this necessarily. I would love to find like a real monsters enthusiast, somebody that is just like, that is their favorite thing on earth and see what they think. Yeah. I wonder if he if he had just done this where they were a family already, if he could have, if it would have worked better. Because I don't necessarily think his style didn't work with this. I, uh, or his, because usually his content is just out of, like, I, I think he could write it. This isn't like Shakespeare by any stretch, but I feel like he's competent enough to piece together a monster story as as big of a whiff it, that he took on this one, I think. I I find that to be interesting too with you ranking the zombie picks because I don't know. I don't. I honestly don't know where this would lie. I mean, I'm not a fan of a lot of. He's done. I think this was movie nine. Yeah. House of a Thousand Corpses. I know people like that one. I don't. The Devil's Rejects. It's just so grimy. I don't like that. Yeah. Halloween is a mixed bag. I can't believe that's his third movie. By the way, that is the guy's third film. He. He he reboots <laughs> maybe the most iconic horror franchise of all time. Yeah. Are you freaking nuts? Halloween 2 I love. I think that's like a, a knockout, a hidden gem. It's insanity in all the best ways. <laughs> Lords of Salem was okay. I think that one, I remember, wa- I feel like I watched that and was like, oh, that was better made than I would have expected. And then 31, I I don't think I saw that. It looked awful. And then Three from Hell was his last movie prior to The Monsters. And it was the characters from House and Devil's Rejects that mm-hmm. I just, I, I don't get enjoyment out of watching those people. It's gross. <laughs> so by default, this might be, I might put Halloween 2, number one. Okay, this, <laughs> this, this sequel, his Halloween 2 would be my number one easily. I would probably put Halloween number two by default because the rest I just don't care for. And this <laughs> might be number three. I'm being completely serious. Uh, yeah, that's just, I don't, I'd have to rewatch the Halloween, his Halloween movies because it just. I mean, my big gripe too, he, he writes every character like they're white trash. Like everyone speaks the same way. It's just like spewing profanity. Yeah. And I think if yep. maybe someone else wrote some of his story ideas. I think he could direct it fine. But he did show he can write something without having it be absolutely profane. It de- Like, if it does decent on Netflix, which, by the way, I looked, and it's number five right now. It's number five on their top ten Hell yeah, movies. the MCU is going to live on. If it, de- if it gets enough, I could see there's a possibility. I would not give up on this. I really, I don't know if it's completely dead. I mean, we need the the Blu-ray sales to just, like, be in the top three. That would be the greatest thing of all time, because this is on Blu-ray, too. Yeah. Now, are you, will you be tempted to get it on Blu-ray to see zombies come Hell commentary? no, I ain't doing that. <laughs> no, absolutely not. I don't think I'll ever watch this again. Oh. I'm just saying it's better than I expected. <laughs> There's no way on earth I could ever watch this again. I don't. That was the next question. Yeah, like what's the rewatchability? Because for me, I don't. Oh, it's. I don't know. If, it's like a, a half star. <laughs> I mean, honestly, there's not like a scene where I was like, "Oh, that's hilarious!" I gotta rewatch that. Again. <laughs> like I rewatched 
the second Venom the other day because I was in the mood for a Tom Hardy movie. And that movie's awful. Oh, wow. And that's like the last time I'm watching that. It's awful. That's a movie that I don't think is well made whatsoever. I get what they're doing. It's awful. Yeah. It's awful. I just cannot believe that was one movie watching in the theater where everyone's like, this is great. I'm like, are you freaking oh, kidding yeah. me? I wish now that they would play that, like say the, the film failed. As in, like, when they were queuing that up in the theater, or maybe they do rewatches of Let There Be Carnage, and instead they play the monsters. If you had seen this in theaters, you know, you use your regal past. You're not paying for it. But you're seeing it on the big screen. You think that would elevate it anyway? In I don't any think way, so. I, I really don't. Well, I, I'm sorry you hated it so much. I, I mean, I... Hmm. You're never going to watch no. it. I mean, you didn't like it. That's yeah. fine. This is, again, we're never going to recommend this movie. That's it. I ew, I don't know if I can recommend it. Go watch the TV show. That's what I would say. Is this something you're, like, would your dad watch this because he liked the monsters or no? Is he going to give this a shot? I brought it up to my family yesterday, and I saw I saw them in person. I, I said, well, you know, the monsters, the movie's out, and they were like, yeah. <laughs> so they didn't and care. I, I think it was one of those where they're like, uh, we know it's out, but we're not going to watch it. <laughs> I'm not devoting two hours of my life to that. They didn't say yes or no, but they were very like, okay, well, that probably won't happen, but at least it's a fact. It's out. <laughs> it, it might be fun with a group of friends. That Now, that would be, yeah, that's where I think it could change a little bit. Like maybe get get together for like Halloween if you were to have a Halloween party and just like, you know. But it's like if you're going to yeah. have a Halloween party, do you want to devote two hours of it to watching this? <laughs> mm. It needs to be like its own, like just like, hey, we're coming over watching the Munsters. Dress up. It'd be fun. It's not a Halloween party, though. Right. Yeah. Because if, if this is your Halloween, oh. that's how you're spending your Halloween with friends, you need to reevaluate yourself yeah there's probably something that went terribly wrong in your plans <laughs> like i'm all for watching like halloween on halloween absolutely that's dope but i can't as much as this movie is a masterpiece i can't justify that whatsoever oh yeah i feel the same way yeah i yeah i would go to many other movies before this one and even then i would i think i would be questioning whenever i hit play do I really want to watch this again? That was exciting. Uh, next week we have the the re the remake. What do we call? It? Is this a requel? This is like a requel, where it's kind of a reboot uh, to steal yeah, from th- Screen so. two thousand twenty two. Uh, the requel of Hellraiser, Hulu Hellraiser. I wish Hulu had its. Does it have its own like little jingle? It kind of like when you. Started up, it almost is like dunning or something like that. Doesn't it have something like that? Yeah, it does something, but I can't think of what it is now. It's not as memorable as the Tadum. That yeah, it's not as n- catchy as that or the Disney Plus. I do like the snap, um, but Hulu Hellraiser. I'm actually I'm getting more excited. That almost as we talked about that almost made made my list for October picks. So we got that. We got Mr. Harrigan's phone. So we might be talking about both of those. And we might, depending on when we record, we could talk about Grim Cuddy. We could do a triple feature. (sighs) Grim Cuddy. That's a lot to to take on, but I'm all for it. Yeah. that's. I'm all for it. And I will be seeing, um, I plan on seeing Smile tomorrow. Oh, man. The buzz is good. This is like the new Barbarian. I'm so surprised that the buzz is as good as what it is, but... I, I'm very intrigued. I'm very. I I'm hoping to see it this weekend too. I cannot wait. And I still haven't seen. I got to be honest with you. I didn't see anything in theaters last weekend. I haven't seen. Don't worry, darling. I didn't see the Avatar re-release. And um, I was just super lazy. I watched TV at home. You know, I rented Three Thousand Years of Longing. Oh which, yeah. Which I liked. I didn't love. But I watched that and Fury Road in the same day. I had kind of a George Miller marathon. And um, I dug it. It wasn't as... You know, that trailer makes it look like it's going to be the wildest movie imaginable. And it's really not. Yeah. Like, they make it look like it's going to be an acid trip. Yeah. Yeah, they they do make it appear like it's going to be the Babylon of... uh, (laughs) 
uh, Chazelle's movie with the trailer. Oh, that looks nuts. But it looks awful. That movie the, looks terrible. The, I was uh, listening to the the first man film score the other day, thinking this music's so good. I want to rewatch this, and then I thought about Babylon. I'm like, that looks <laughs> awful. Uh, you know, that's one movie I'm not thought about since I watched uh, First Man. You know, it was a movie that it, I don't know. I'll say it's two hours. I don't know how long it was, but the bulk, ninety percent of the runtime, I'm like, yeah, this is good. It's fine. And then we get to the ending, and I I cried, and that, and I was like, oh, that's how I knew I was invested. I didn't really know I was invested, but by the end of the movie, I was sobbing, and I don't remember why. I don't remember why. I think it has something to do with his kids or something, but hmm. <laughs> I remember crying, like having tears go down my face. I don't remember. I just remember, yeah, thinking that. I'm like, all right, it's okay, it's okay. I weirdly, I had this feeling re-watching the Hobbit trilogy, not watch rewatching, watching the Hobbit trilogy recently, and they were three movies that I didn't hate. Um, I liked them. They were fine, but when the third one ended and... Bilbo's back in the Shire and the movie's winding down. It has two or three minutes left. I was like, I'm going to miss this. You know, you hear the Lord of the Rings music and as just okay as some of those movies are, I like was like, oh, I realized I'm invested in this long story. I can't say I felt that way about The Hobbits, but like say Lord of the Rings, that with the first film, by the ending of that, I felt I, that's how I felt. And the rest of Two Towers and in Return, the, you know, those two movies, the second and third film, great. I mean, uh, it was, they had me from, but it was also because I was invested in by the end of the movie. I'm like, you know what? I didn't, I was feeling okay about it, but it's great to look at. But then, um, yeah, it's just, it's one of those that it's, you do. I, I find movies like that or or franchises to be interesting, but um, hopefully that's how I'll feel about the monsters. We'll never speak about this movie again. You know what? I, it's like we're not going to think about it. Yeah, <laughs> but it's not going to be something we are actually sad that it's over. Makes me uh, makes me wonder uh, how Hellraiser will uh, turn out. But I'm pumped. I'm actually getting pumped for that movie. And now that's October or soon then we are i mean i can't this is this month is going to be amazing i'm excited i'm excited for the next three months of my life because we just talk about the same stuff every single time i feel like it's like we'll mention the weather allergies halloween october christmas time um jordan peele is <laughs> <laughs> something that gets brought up non-stop john carpenter we just need our own bingo card and then we'll have people just like every time that's referenced you just cross it off I and like that. Bingo first. I like that idea because it turns into a game, and we like games, as he said. So, I I actually kind of dig that. We're obsessed with it. We just need a full list of all the things that we just repeat, oh. like senile old men. <laughs> Hopefully, by the time you end this podcast, you'll keep watching the monsters. Goodness. What was that? I just wanted to throw in uh, another mon- Monsters tease. 